Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in week 16. That's right. Week 16 edition of the Total Coverage Podcast here on the SiriusXM Podcast Network. Oh, I can't wait to uh, talk to everybody out there. So much to get to as we finish up week 16, but we ease our way into not only the new year, but into week 17. Man, boy, am I excited. Total Coverage, I, like I mentioned, is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. And you can always find this podcast on the new SiriusXM app. Go to SiriusXM app. Go to click on podcast. When you click on podcast, type in total coverage and boom, there you go. You've got me total coverage and wherever you find your podcast, you can still find total coverage as well. So I'm excited about this week 16 edition of total coverage. We're going to talk about a couple of performances that now not only helped out some teams increase their chances of either seating or just playoff appearances, but just some of the work that we've seen all year long really being highlighted and what we call the end of December football. That's it. December football is over. And boy, was it great. Now you got January football, which takes the intensity up just another notch. And we'll talk about some of those players that took their intensity up a notch. You know what? Let's start right into it. Because one of the biggest narratives coming in to this 2019, or sorry, to this 2020 season, I should say. But it was from the ending of 2019. Where would Tom Brady go? Where would Tom Brady, what team would he play for? And so it was like, wow, could he leave the AFC East? Well, he did. Tom Brady left the AFC East. We know that. We saw what it looked like. He's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So everyone thought, what would happen to the AFC East without Tom Brady? Bill Belichick, Tom Brady no longer together. Would that division be wide open? And if it is... Who is going to be there for the taking? Would it be the Jets? Would it be the Miami Dolphins with Brian Flores, head coach? They got Tua. They had division championship aspirations. But (laughs) what about the people in Western New York? First of all, shout out Western New York. And I'm talking about Buffalo, where I finished my last two years in the NFL. Shout out to all the Buffalo Bills fans out there. Because the Buffalo Bills became that team. They became that team that said, you know what? Regardless of Tom Brady or not, we're coming to take this division. So look, while Tom Brady didn't play for the Patriots this year, you look at what the Buffalo Bills have been able to do from beginning now all the way up until week 17, they could be the number two seed, the number two seed in the AFC. But I want to tell you this, though, because as a former Buffalo Bill, it's never about your record. It's never about did you go to the playoffs or not. Having lived there, it's all about how did you do against the Patriots? That's what it's all about. How did you do against the Patriots? Well, (laughs) for the first time since 1999, I'm saying it again. I was in high school, by the way. Since 1999, the Buffalo Bills sweep the New England Patriots. They beat them on Monday night, 38 to nine. And I don't even know if that was even close. 38 to nine is actually giving them a break. The Patriots, that is. I mean, they could have hung a 50 spot on them. But this is the last division opponent to sweep the Patriots was that in 2000 was the Jets and the Dolphins back in 2000. That's how long it's been since 2000. No one else has swept the New England Patriots within a division, meaning beat them twice in the same season. 
you may beat them once, but you didn't beat them twice. And for the people of Buffalo since 99, that never happened. That is more important to them than actually winning the division. <laughs> no lie. I am being all the way 100, all the way real with you. This is this is for Buffalo, man. And so when I watched them last week and you start to see them play, it's like they're not a one hit wonder at all. They're not a one hit wonder. They look like a team that is building a team that is now finding themselves even more because they got a quarterback in Josh Allen, who last week went 27 of 36, 320 yards, threw a couple touchdown passes, but more importantly, he threw his 34th touchdown pass, which surpasses Jim Kelly to set the franchise single season record. Now, if you're a total coverage fan, this is your first time listening. Go rewind last week's episode. Rewind the week 15 episode. We had Andre Reed on, former Buffalo Bill Hall of Fame wide receiver. We talked about that. We talked about Josh Allen. And that now when I refer to Josh Allen, I can't call him Buffalo Bills quarterback. I have to call him Pro Bowl quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, because that's the way that he's playing. He showed that. He put that on full display. He went head to head with Cam Newton, a former MVP of the NFL last week on Monday night. And you can definitely say, who was the better quarterback? It's Josh Allen. In three short years, think about it, three short years. Let's think, first of all, let's just think back to that class. All right, a couple years ago, the 2018 NFL draft. Number one was Baker Mayfield, quarterback taken. The second quarterback taken was who? Sam Darnold, right? The third quarterback that was taken was Josh Allen. The fourth was Josh Rosen, and the fifth was Lamar Jackson. And look, people were gonna were all they weren't in on Josh Allen after year one. They weren't in on him after year two. It was still about his completion percentage, this and that. Well, year three, everybody's on board. And a lot of it has to do with Stefan Diggs. Like sometimes you just need a guy to help you out. And I would say this, before 2020, the Buffalo Bills didn't have a number one wide receiver. I mean, I know you go back to years past, they drafted Sammy Watkins, but Sammy Watkins wasn't that dude. He wasn't that guy. Stefan Diggs, oh, that's a dude. That is a guy. And so while I'm talking about record setting performances within the franchise, Let's give a shout out to, to Stefan Diggs. Nine catches, 145 yards, three touchdowns, and he set the Buffalo Bills single season record for receiving yards. So not only did he beat out the guy we talked about last week, we had on Total Coverage Podcast and Andre Reid, but he beat Eric Moulds' record as well. That one player has changed, I think, the Buffalo Bills offensively. Defensively, they're always going to be fine. Their head coach is Sean McDermott. He's a defensive-minded coach. But offensively, what Stephon Diggs has brought to this team, they've got two young running backs, Singletary Moss, a nice outstanding tight end in Dawson Knox, an offensive line that's firing off and creating great scenes for the run game. But they finally have a number one true wide receiver. And that's why this team is off and running. That's why this team is winning. That's why they've been been able to exploit a lot of defenses in the National Football League. Right now, and I thought this was a great point, my buddy Ryan Clark of ESPN was saying it, Stephon Diggs is floating out there. Like he's, when when he lines up, 
he is so confident in himself right now that there's not a defensive back across from him that can guard him. Man, that's rarefied air. That's that that's that's the stuff that like dreams are made of. Where you feel like you're untouchable no matter where you line up at and you got a quarterback that can get you the ball. It's one thing to be a great receiver in the NFL, but when you're a great receiver and you've got a quarterback that can get you the football anywhere, man, that's tough. That's tough on a defensive back. That's tough on linebackers. That's tough on a defensive coordinator. Because guess what? You have to defend the field. When I say the field, meaning you got to defend all what is 100 by 53. Yeah, 100 yards long, 53 yards wide. You got to be able to guard the entire field because digs can run anywhere on that field. They got a quarterback that can throw them the football. So Diggs not only became the third player in the 51 year of the Buffalo Bills of the AFC of, uh, in the AFC to top 110 receptions, 1400 yards. The other two wide receivers to do that in the AFC East, Wes Welker, Marvin Harrison. So look, the Buffalo Bills are heading to the playoffs. We'll see where it kind of falls out, where they lay in terms of their seeding. But man, could this be the team? Could this be the team that can give Kansas City a handful when it comes to a matchup? From what I'm seeing right now, what I'm seeing right now, and I don't know how they handle Week 17, but for right now, whew, think about that matchup. Buffalo versus Kansas City. You talk about throwback, AFC, man, that sounds like it's going to be a fun one. Look, Devontae Adams is just, <laughs> I, I don't, like, when you think of receivers, it took me a while to kind of get on board with Devontae Adams, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, for people who are just now listening or who don't live under a rock. Because Devontae Adams, it took me a while. It did. I watched him. At Fresno State, his quarterback was Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'm saying, was it more about the quarterback? Because Derek Carr was pretty outstanding. Or was it this kid, Devontae Adams, out of Fresno State? Could he be a big-time wide receiver? And so when he got drafted into the NFL, always, always, I always like to bring context you know, for people. He had to sit behind the Jordy Nelsons, right? He had to be behind the Randall Cobbs, right? You think about the, all the receivers that were ahead of him, that he just wasn't the guy right away. It took some time. But year after year, he kept getting better and better. And I think for me, it changed probably about two seasons ago where I knew he was one of the top 10 receivers. But I feel like in 2020, Devontae Adams has put himself in that top five wide receivers. Now, I'm not going to rank him right now. That's not what I want to do. We could do it after the season. But we just talked about Stephon Diggs. Now we're talking about Devontae Adams. I don't think we need to talk about you know, DeAndre Hopkins. Could we still say that Julio Jones is the top receiver? Yeah, but I would say this. Julio's been hurt a lot, too. So is that more about our opinions of how we see or view Julio or are we living right now in the present? 
because in the present, I'm watching Devontae Adams each and every week put on a clinic. Like wide receivers better go get the tape clicker and watch what Devontae Adams is doing. Because it doesn't matter who you throw at him. He is routing dudes up. I'm talking about routes. I'm talking about routes. When we talk about routes, like he's getting off the line and it's just, it's like poetry. He knows where he's going. And it's funny to see a defensive back try to figure it out. And so now as you get down into this part of the season, December football in Green Bay, they're supposed to run the football, right? No. He, so not only is he an all-weather wide receiver, right? Now he is your go-to guy for Aaron Rodgers. Now, I know I'll raise my hand. And so I would be telling a lie if I didn't think that my MVP of the whole season, and hopefully Chris, my uh, producer, doesn't uh, laugh at me. But we all know I had Russell Wilson as my MVP. And then Russell Wilson went through that that lull during the season. And he was taken out of the race. And then Aaron Rodgers just quietly went about his business. And he went about his business in such a way that you just watch the greatness that he possesses. And now Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have become this tandem that almost seems unstoppable. We could go in week and week in and week out about the performance of Adams and Rodgers, which we just haven't done that because they have been so consistent. That's right. When we're doing the total coverage pockets, I mean, what do we want to highlight this week? They're like, oh, man, we could do Devontae and Aaron, but it gets boring after a while. But that goes to show you just how well that they're playing. Because last week, you know, they clinched not only the, uh, they've already clinched their NFC North title. They're trying to earn the number one seed in the NFC playoffs, which can happen this week if they beat their rival Chicago Bears. So, yes, they can have that. That can happen. But when you have Devontae Adams playing the way that he's playing, especially last week versus Tennessee, where he had 11 catches, 142 yards and three touchdowns. And I would say they didn't go to him enough. There were still some meat left on the bone. They just took what was there. And so the more and more I watch it, I'm like, man, they, they're, they're playing well defensively. Aaron Rodgers is playing at an MVP level because he is the MVP. And now you have a mismatch nightmare in Devontae Adams. His three touchdown catches gave him 17 for the season, one off from the uh, single season record that was held by Sterling Sharp which could still be in play because in week 17, yes, Green Bay will be playing. They are going to be playing for that number one seed. Could we see him tie or even break the great Sterling Sharp? For those people who, when I'm, I'm saying Sterling Sharp, not Shannon Sharp. So if you're listening, just Google Sterling Sharp. He was better than Shannon, in my opinion. And Shannon will tell you that. <laughs> so I want people to Google that. Remember that. But Adams right now, he currently leads the NFL in touchdown receptions. But despite, remember, he missed two games this season. Okay? He missed two games. It is a difference when he is out there. It is a difference because Aaron Rodgers 
and him are just on a different page. It's for all those basketball fans out there. It's like Stockton and Malone, right? John Stockton is Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams, he's Malone. Setting them up and boom, knocking them down. That's how it is. It's an assist. And Aaron Rodgers is the point guard right now. So that's one of the things that I've been looking at and why this is the most dangerous duo, I think, in the playoffs. Think about it. What is the most dangerous duo right now in the NFL going into the playoffs? Think about all the teams right now currently. And I know I just mentioned Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, but Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are a step above them. So if I go into a game, I know I got to stop Devontae Adams. I have to. And I'm looking through the NFC right now. I'm looking through the NFC. No, I don't see a better duo. Well, let me look at the AFC. Hmm. No, I don't see a better duo of wide receiver quarterback, quarterback wide receiver. Now, look, obviously Patrick Mahomes has Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Yes, that's group. But we're talking about duo. And that's what has led this Green Bay Packers team to where they are right now currently as they sit possibly one game away from clinching the best record in the NFC and maybe another chance at getting to that NFC championship game. I just think it would be a little bit different this time than what happened last year versus San Francisco. Now, I started the pod this week, Total Coverage Pod, Week 16 edition, talking about Tom Brady. And yet I moved quickly into the Buffalo Bills. But I had to circle back about Tom Brady because because we're talking about Tom Brady leaving New England and how that left New England. But we never talked about Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and what that may do for Tampa Bay. Because Tampa Bay wasn't a team that a lot of people were like excited about. Like, okay, that they're they're okay. They've got Godwin. They've got Mike Evans. But it's Bruce Arians at head coach and Byron Leftwich at offensive coordinator. What possibly could Tom Brady bring? Could he bring to the table? 43 years old? What? Are you serious? Come on. A 43-year-old quarterback? But you've watched all season long. Now, I was never one to say, hey, man, they're a Super Bowl favorite. But I did say they were a playoff team. And then they added Antonio Brown. They got Gronk out of retirement. They developed a a running game. And they had a defense that was kind of at the top, kind of made its way around, kind of was going through some tough weeks. But then the last couple weeks, showing their true colors of being a top 10 defense in the National Football League. And last week, or week 16, they didn't really have a game, right? They had a scrimmage game, right? It was like a practice game. For people who know what a scrimmage is, like a scrimmage is like something where you're like, it's like a, it's it's not a game, but it's not a practice. It's like in between. That's what the, the Buccaneers had last week. Like it was 47 to seven. And trust me, the only score was a punt return touchdown by Detroit. Okay. All right. Lions and Buccaneers. That was, that was the worst game I probably had ever seen. I mean, by halftime, it was like, yeah, I could turn it off. Look, thank God it was not on a big network. It was on the NFL network. So you had to be a true NFL junkie to truly watch it. So, yes, I raised my hand because I'm a true NFL junkie, and that's when I watched the game. So, good. Okay. But just remember that Tom Brady was Tom Brady. And I think it put a lot of people on notice. 
no, no, the Detroit is bad. You know, they've already fired their head coach. They had issues last week with COVID and had, I think, their third interim coach and no coordinators. It was a lot last week. But Tom Brady threw for 348 yards, four touchdowns, but he only had threw it 27 times. And so, yeah, it may not have been good for the Lions, but it was great for the Buccaneers being that Tom Brady was able to get everybody involved. He got Antonio Brown into the end zone, right? He's moving Gronk around, okay? He's getting the ball to Mike Evans. Oh, and by the way, Leonard Fournette ran well. LaShawn McCoy had some attempts. Oh, and they're going to get Ronald Davis back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm, that that's I mean sorry if I say Ronald David Ronald Jones running back back from uh the COVID list. Hmm. Could they not be the team that could play against Green Bay in a NFC championship? I'm just envisioning just what's going on. Because as I watch the game, Tom Brady is spreading the football around to each guy. He's not locked in on one player. We just talked about the duo of Rodgers and Adams. There's not a duo when it comes to Tampa Bay. He's got equal parts. And those that's the scary part for me when it comes to Tom Brady is because the X factor in their success is the quarterback with the Buccaneers because they have equal parts. Godwin can go off for a big game. Antonio Brown can go off for a big game. Mike Evans can go off for a big game. Gronk can control a game. I mentioned Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, this offensive line. So as much as we said, man, Tampa Bay kind of went up and down at some points of the year, but this is a team that's going to be right there. They've already made the playoffs. They're in. And would you not be scared to play against Tom Brady? And all of those weapons in a one-game scenario, that's what I'm going to love about these playoffs. It's a one-game scenario. It's not a situation where, what, oh, best two out of three. This ain't basketball. This ain't baseball. This is the NFL. You got to bring it for one Sunday. And if people ask, has Brady slowed down? Hell no. He ain't slowed down. I honestly think he's still speeding up. I honestly think that he's playing some of his best football because he knows who he is as a quarterback. He's not a scrambler. He's not a dual threat. He manipulates the defense. He knows where he wants to go with the football. He's vintage Tom Brady. So as we get ready to watch him in the playoffs, to me, I think this is not only a salute to him because we all ask, hey, how would he be going to Pampa? Was it Bill Belichick, the system, or was it about Tom Brady? Well, we know with the Patriots, they'll be home for the holidays. They'll be home watching the playoffs, whereas Tampa Bay, they'll be in the playoffs. They'll be in the playoffs. And why is that? because of Tom Brady. So I think that kind of answers the question. Was it Belichick or the system or was it Tom Brady? I think it's Tom Brady. And the crazy part is 
when you look at the Buccaneers, is <laughs> be honest, is this just for one year? If Tom Brady said, "Okay, I'm done. I'm quit," you're like, "No, you still got you still good." Like, how many teams will still love Tom Brady right now? A lot of teams, right? Is he still good? He ain't bad. It ain't like he had this rough year, and we're like, "Man, Tom Brady need to hang it up." Remember all the questions before the season? Oh man, how's he gonna be? They're not asking those questions again. You literally may have to throw Tom Brady out the league. And guess what? I am all here for it. <laughs> throw him out the league when he's ready to, because he is not going to go willingly. And I love that about him as a competitor. And I can't wait to see what he can do in the playoffs. He's defying time. And I love it, man. Tom versus time. I love it. There's always these scenarios, too, in the NFL. Teams who are trying to clinch. Teams who are trying to win a division title or clinch a playoff berth, things like that. So you have opponents that have everything to play for. And then you have teams who are focusing on the 2021 draft because no one cares about what they're doing. But you can play spoiler. You can still play for the name on the back of your jersey. You can still put out great tape. No one wants to lose. Trust me. I know a lot of people have been talking about tanking. So, dude, tanking in the NFL does not exist among players. Now, it can exist within organizations. I can pull you behind the curtain and say organizations can tank or people who run the organizations can figure out ways to tank, but not the players. Once you put the players out there on the field, my job, I have to do my job. My job is to go out to be the best that I can be and win. So when people talk, talk all this, oh, they're tanking. Nah, man. The players aren't taking. All right? So shout out to the New York Jets. They won their second game in a row. They beat not only the Rams one week, then they beat the, the Cleveland Browns and may possibly have knocked the Browns out of the playoffs. We'll see in week 17. And the football gods will reward the New York Jets. I promise you. They may not get Trevor Lawrence, but that's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing. And the football gods, I swear, will reward them. And that goes to my team last week that had an outstanding defensive performance that held the Washington football team from winning a division. It's a win and you're in situation for the Washington football team. And the Panthers said, nah, you ain't about to open up the box on me. When I say open up the box, that's a term that we used. In full disclosure, I never got a chance to open the box. The box is the box of hats and T-shirts that you get for winning a division. Now, when, it, when a team is about to clinch, like if there was a game that if they win that game, they'll clinch, you'll see it. They open up the box. They all get the division champion hats. They'll get the division championship shirts. And in my career, I only had that opportunity once. They brought the hats. They brought the t-shirts. I saw the boxes. Literally saw the boxes with my eyes. It was in 2010. I was with the, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going against Peyton Manning and the Colts. We win. We open that box. Open the hats. We go to the playoffs. We lose. Those boxes, I don't know where they go. They vanish. So if you may see, if you see a 2010 Jacksonville Jaguars AFC South Division Championship hat or T-shirt out there, just know that 
Hey, man, it ain't real, but man, what it could have been. So I know what that feeling feels like. But then I know what the feeling feels like on the opposite side, that y'all not about to open them hats right now, especially at our place. Y'all not about to open them hats over here. Mm-mm. Y'all about to wear, wear them T-shirts on our field and celebrate. And that's what the, the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, with nothing to play for, they beat the Washington football team 20 to 13 last week. They forced two interceptions of Dwayne Haskins and even got Dwayne Haskins kicked out of the league for at least the rest of this season. As he was waived, the quarterback of the Washington football team, Dwayne Haskins, was waived, released, cut, however you want to say it, this week by the football team. He won't be there anymore. And look, rightfully so, his actions just aren't what you want from a starting quarterback. But the Carolina game, their defensive game plan was pretty much to say, look, let's make this team one-dimensional. Let's make Dwayne Haskins have to beat us. And that's what they did. They stopped the run. They made sure that the run game was not going to affect them. And so when you do that, you force a quarterback with little experience to have to go out and find ways to find open receivers. And Dwayne Haskins, his maturity started to set in. You can see the decisions that he was making. It was so bad that Ron Rivera head coach said, we got to go to Tyler Haneke. Heineke. Make sure I make sure the old old Dominion quarterback for those people. Like, who is Tyler Heineke? Tyler Heineke played at Old Dominion. He's the backup. And yes, he had to come in. And he'll probably start again this week if Alex Smith can't go. But Dwayne Haskins was so bad. So bad. And it was because of the Carolina Panthers defense and what they were able to do throughout the game. Put pressure, force him into errant throws. And you could just see that Dwayne Haskins is just not there in terms of his ability. So he's waived. He moves on. And we'll see what his football future looks like. But I salute you, Carolina Panthers, your defense, the way that you played. Because I saw those. I know know what that feels like. You may not be playing for the playoffs. You may not be going to the playoffs. But you didn't allow someone to open the hats up on you, open up the box, put the hat on, put the shirt on on you. And you know what? That's a job well done, man. I appreciate it. I love to see the teams that fight and do and play with that kind of passion. And especially coming up in week 17, we really going to see who bought that life, who really don't have one foot out the door, but keeping one foot, you know, on the gas pedal. I love that. I want to keep it short this week because there's so much to get caught up on in week 17. There are some situations that this week is going to be fun. I know one of the games I'll be focusing on is the Rams and the Cardinals. Because if I told you that um, it's going to have two quarterbacks that, um, yeah, and the more mobile one would be on the Rams side, you would laugh at me. But, yes, probably no Kyler Murray. Probably no Jared Goff, no Cooper Cup on the Rams side. We'll see what the injuries look like with Arizona. But that's just a game that right now looks like to be the most intriguing because if the Rams win, they're in. If Arizona wins, they're in. And if Green Bay beats Chicago, then the Bears are out. But if the Bears beat the Packers, 
And then whoever wins the Rams game versus Cardinals, they're in. God, there's so many scenarios this week. Not to mention what's going on in the NFC East. Someone has to win, right? Right? So the Washington football team, with all the distractions, with all the craziness this season, the quarterback carousel up and down, they still can win a division title if they win this week. Can you believe that? And then you look at the Cowboys. They still got a heartbeat. (laughs) Unreal, man. So I'll leave it at that because there's going to be so much for us to get caught up on in week 17 on total coverage, man. So I hope you enjoyed the ride for week 16. And then we turn the page to week 17. The week 17. I can't believe it. I've been telling it all year. I can't believe we've gotten here. Each week I am so privileged to be able to do this show because that means it's another week of the NFL has progressed. And now we're getting to 256 games played in 17 weeks. And trust me, I am so happy about that. Just remember the Total Coverage Podcast. You can find it on the SiriusXM app, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. You can reach me at Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram. And again, the SiriusXM Podcast Networks. Yeah, find Total Coverage. Click on that. That's where you can subscribe, rate, give me whatever you need to, to let me know how I'm doing, how I, what I need to finish up. But I just can't thank you enough for the ride as we go into week 17. For myself, my producer, Chris Tyler, ah, this has been the week 16 edition of Total Coverage. Good football, y'all. Serious XM Podcasts.